2: All
3: right, welcome to a Soccer Pub edition of Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher. Today, we're going to do a deep dive. Into Man City Arsenal, uh, attack it from all angles, uh, and then we'll tackle the rest of the Premier League week as well. Uh, so let's welcome in the two Robbies, Earl and Musto. Thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. Um, a little bit of spice has come out of this one, I think, with Arsenal stuttering uh, a little bit, keeping on coughing up two goal leads or going down to Southampton and having to battle back. Uh, and as it stands with the odds, Man City are a minus 180 favourite to win on Wednesday. Arsenal plus 450 to get three points. So the market thinks they're less than a 20% chance. Uh, let's start with you, Robbie Earl. Uh, are you mm. surprised that the Gunners are such a big underdog here, or do you think it's warranted given their their recent slip ups?
4: Um, I'd have to say probably not that surprised. When you think the last three games um, have ended in draws, two games they were up and should have maybe seen the job off. Certainly at West Ham, and then as you say, going into Southampton, I think we all thought Southampton was a game to prepare uh, Arsenal for what they're going to get at the Etihad a City team that just seemed to have so many strengths and options and dimensions and informed players at the moment. So we all thought, you know, a nice two, three, four, four-nil win against Southampton, but wasn't the case. And I always feel that, that Arsenal are, are just being tested now in, in, in an area, in a, in a way that we weren't sure how they were going to react. It's their first big rodeo at the top of the table for many of the players, for the manager. It's the first time I feel all season that they're feeling Manchester City breathing down their necks. It, it's an Arsenal team that's lost its natural rhythm and its groove of playing. And all that comes uh, a consequence of the pressure that Manchester City can exert, the quality that Manchester City have, the experience that going down the track. And so for those reasons, uh, I can see why City are are clear favourites. And it's all uh, Arsenal have it all on to win the game now at the Etihad. Yeah. And I think the thing is, is that Arsenal, I mean, they keep scoring. Okay.
3: Um, Put two by Liverpool, two by West Ham, three by Southampton and and really could have had four or five. But it's the defence that has really slipped up. Um, and Aaron Ramsdale, who was, I think, heroic against Liverpool and saved them in that game from losing outright, uh, obviously has the howler against Southampton. But just seems like the fact that Saliba is out at the moment having to rely on Rob Holding. Meanwhile, Man City, uh, they're starting five different guys who played centre-back at the World Cup. Uh, so they've got five centre-backs. Arsenal looks like they've got one at the moment. Uh, Robbie Musto, do you think that... It is just the problem with the defence and the lack of depth is catching up to them or do you think that there are other issues going on?
2: I think it's definitely a little bit of the lack of depth. I mean, William Saliba has been one of the stories for Arsenal this this season and um, bringing him back from he's been out on loan a few times has been sensational. And I always, we've talked about it, I always think that, you know, with your star players, you can get away with it over know, two or three or four weeks but after that, you start to see the reason why others have preferred to, in this case, Rob Holding. So that's not surprised me. I have still been surprised, though, by just some of the mistakes. I mean, these are basic mistakes, and this is why it's it's got to be so painful for Arsenal. It's not as though, I don't know, they've been played off the park a few times. They haven't quite found their rhythm. They've made such basic errors that have led to goals that makes it so difficult to try and win games. I think we all know that they... They've got great attacking players, particularly in the wide areas, and Martinelli and Saka, some of the best in the league. But when you make basic mistakes, it's going to hurt you. And I think back to Rob's point, you know, our job is to sort of discuss why. Why are they making mistakes? Why is it happening? And you've got to look at the situation of pressure. And, you know, again... Arsenal, I remember saying in the studio a few times, they're automatic at the moment. They're just going out there, playing their football exactly the same way. But when the mind starts to take over, that automatic nature of the game goes away a little bit. I think we've seen that with the way that they've played. Some of the rhythm hasn't been there. The mistakes have been there as well. Um, all that being said, I still think they got a better than 20% chance, Jay. I mean, you know, yeah. if, if, you, if, if you do put a lot of stock on those on those mistakes, if they don't make mistakes, if Gabriel defends properly, if Ramsdale doesn't try and force a pass-through in a very difficult situation, you know, if, if Thomas Partey focuses on, on keeping the ball instead of making mistakes, you know, then you, you have to lend a look at their attacking players, what they can do going forward. And in some ways, given the last week or two, have they got, I don't want to say nothing to lose, but I think the expectation is now that they've given this away and, they, and they've um, blown it in some ways. This is a chance on Wednesday to, to change everything.
3: Yeah, and it's an interesting one because I think for the past couple of months, Arsenal fans would have penciled or circled this fixture thinking, let's just get a point. We just get a point, mm. then we'll be right. That's no longer the case. They need to win this match now, I think, to, to win the title. And, you know, to your point, it's just these mistakes, whether it's the Ramsdale Howler against Southampton, whether it's Thomas Partey with the ill-advised flick past yep. Declan Rice that didn't go past Declan Rice mm-hmm. against West Ham, whether it's even Tommy Yasu's back pass the first time yeah. these two teams played, uh, mm-hmm. leading to the the opening goal uh, for Kevin De Bruyne. So, um, Robbie Earl, do you think that City are just the far superior team at the moment? Do you think that you know this iteration is superior to previous versions that we've seen of City, or
4: do you think they might be vulnerable? Um, Probably not what Arsenal fans want to hear, but in terms of where City are, I think you've touched on it already, Jay, the, 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 the centre-back position. I mean, he basically is playing with four centre-backs and, and Rodri in front of him, which is a five, which is a real attention to defence. Now, Robbie Musso and I turn back to the days when Pep first came to the Premier League, and it was almost like it wasn't about defending. He said he he once said, "I never train defending and tackling. We don't need to do those things." And maybe it's something that over the course of time, maybe it's part Premier League, certainly Champions League, it's something that that's dogged them a little bit and, and caused them problems. So. When I look at when you look at Manchester City's base of uh, 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 that back four, which actually turns into three when Stones drop, drops into midfield, which is another uh, issue that uh, opposition fans have. But that back three, stroke four with Rodri as a base, and then you talk about what goes forward. I mean the the Bruyner's, the Bernardo Silvers, the Gunduan's. And then they are, they also got wide players who can destroy you if it's not Foden and, and Grealish, it's Maures and, and it's it's maybe Bernardo Silva in the wide areas. And on top of that, we put a 32 goal freak at the top of the pitch. I mean, those are all the strengths that Manchester City have, have that you have to deal with. So from Arsenal's point of view, the only thing I would say with sixty-seven games left in in, in the season. There's one, more, there's one more wrinkle in this season. There's one more little twist somewhere, and I'm not quite sure where it is and where it comes. Now, if Arsenal can go to the Etihad and win and change the narrative and take back some control of, of the league so you get the points, but more than the points, you get the power back and, and you get the position right now. We need to win out. We all know the Newcastle away game is one. Maybe Chelsea are not, not as d- difficult as it's been. But if they can go to the Etihad and win, it still just puts a little bit of pressure back onto on Manchester City side of the plate. So, I mean, that's got to be the, the, the ultimate um, test now. Can they go to the Etihad? Can they be clean? Can they not make mistakes? Can they deal with all that City have and get back to their own groove and win the game? Because if they win the game, they grab back
2: control of the Premier League. Just thinking there, Rob, and like Mikel Arteta's biggest, mm. well, few days now to try and reinstall Jay. Yeah. The belief and the confidence. I, I would just be a little worried if that mm-hmm. belief in in their the 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 superb nature of their football has just been taking a bit of a dent with these last few yeah. weeks. Because if something goes wrong, Rob, if something yeah. if they they concede a goal early or something, yeah. would we see Arsenal deflate uh, and heads yeah. down a little bit? Given which we wouldn't have done by the way, three or four weeks yeah. ago before these these recent mm-hmm. matches. But I just wonder if if they've just lost that little bit of uh, belief and confidence that going into this game, they've got to find a game.
3: Yeah, and if you were an Arsenal fan, as I am, as you can see with the old school sets, Fabregas jersey behind me, uh, I would take a little bit of heart from the fact that in the first matchup between these two teams, I thought Mm -hmm. Arsenal largely controlled the game in the first half. And then it started to get away from them after Pep stopped messing around with Bernardo Silva, uh, fullback, yeah. uh, on yeah. Akne, and then it turned a little bit. But uh, Robbie Musto, do you think that how, – how do you think this game is going to unfold? Do you think that it's going to be a defensive struggle or do you think it might be free-flowing and, and open with lots of goals? I
2: think it'll be open. I think it'll be open. And I think it will be a toe-to-toe situation. But to, to follow on the point that Robbie Earl made, the way that they've got their back line better now, more insurance – Um, more defensive focus, that's got to help them. It's absolutely helping them in the Champions League. And this is the first time that I absolutely believe they're going to win that competition, given how they've changed a little bit. With John Stones, you know, you've got got five players there, basically, that are focused on defending. Nathan Ake is another one. That's not a Cancelo. It's not Bernardo Silva, to your point. So I'd be surprised... But to be fair, we've 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 been surprised before with Pep, and he chucks in something different. And he's been accused of overthinking it a little bit, particularly in the Champions League. I just wonder if there's one more wrinkle, Robbie, or like one yeah. more thing that he might do. He knows that Arteta knows him inside and out. They play a very similar. They play a very similar system and a setup with the way that they're doing things with bringing a defender into midfield. Zinchenko does it for Arsenal. Um, I wouldn't expect to see Pep do anything change wise. But I've been wrong on that many times. So, back to your point, Jay, we won't know. I, I, I would be really surprised if anything changes tactically, um, left field here, like Spurs changed last, <laughs> that recent game against Newcastle United, where they went, wow, a totally different system. Um, but that's something that, that Pep, yeah. you ne- can never read him. He might throw in something different.
3: Yep, looking forward to seeing Kevin De Bruyne at centre-back. Kevin Haaland in goal. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Haaland in goal. Well, game's going to be Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Peacock. Gentlemen, thanks for joining me. Uh, can you tell me uh, what you're working on uh, this week and uh, and where to follow you?
4: Yeah, well, we'll be we'll be in studio on Wednesday. The, the huge game, you know, people are saying the biggest game of the season, the possible, you know, title decider. So we'll be working on the games this week, all through the midweek. But we have a podcast. We'll do a podcast after Wednesday night, just because of the enormity of of what it could mean for both the, these clubs. So uh, look out for the Two Robbies podcast on anywhere you download your your podcast. We'll be doing a a really deep dive into those games and all the other games at the moment. There's lots of relegation struggles around Um, Thursday. I think Spurs host Manchester United after that debacle up at St. James's Park. So wherever you look, these stories in the Premier League and wherever the stories are, me and Mr. Mutt still will follow. Yep, absolutely. All
3: right. Well, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen, and uh, look forward to following the Two Robbies podcast. And I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Jay. Cheers. All right. Before we bring in Scott Willis and Drew Dinsick, a reminder to download the RotoWorld app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster, get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more. Delivered right to your phone. It's available in the app store today.
0: What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high, and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make-a-splash-all-summer kind of fun. The I-can't-believe-I-ate-that-whole-funnel-cake-let's-get-another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find, for the fun of it, kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekend's.
3: All right, let's bring in Scott Wilson, Drew Dinsic now, uh, continue to break down the game. Scott, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, Drew, thanks for having thanks, me on. Thanks for joining us well, mate. Uh, let's get straight into it. I want to talk about Arsenal's defence firstly, um, which has been the, the cause of the concern, <laughs> shipping seven goals in the past three games. The total in this one is the, the two and a half total. It's backed minus 170, the over. Scott, do you think it will be high scoring? And you think Arsenal might be able to shore things up?
5: Um, yeah, actually, I think it probably will be high scoring. When I was uh, running the the simulation for the match this morning, um, I have the the most likely outcome of this match, a 2-1 to Manchester City. But there's lots of, you know, 2-1s, 2-2s, 3-1s, 3-2s that kind of pop up there. So I, I do think that there's going to be goals in this. Um, like you said, right, Arsenal's defensive record right now has not been great. Um, I guess the the one positive side for Arsenal right now is they've backed it up with, um, continued uh, goal scoring on their own, so the actual goal difference for the team has maintained a, a very strong level. But I know there's lots of concern within the Arsenal fandom right now about how many goals are being allowed.
6: Do you have a read on the availability of some of these guys who, and uh, you know, or do you think that it matters? Uh, Shaka, of course, missed uh, on uh, over the weekend with illness. Uh, he's questionable by the, all the looks of it. Uh, would you expect him to go, and do you think that moves uh, the number one way or the other?
5: Uh, I mean, yeah, I do think he should be available. Um, I, I mean, illness generally should hopefully be something that's you know passed by this time. It does look like Saliba is out. Uh, David Ornstein mm-hmm. is reporting this morning that he is very much looking like he's um, in doubt for the rest of the season. So that one is the one that, that really hurts. Um, I think Jaka getting in here. Um, could help you know solidify some of the the build up, being able to get more control in the game. I think that's something that has really affected Arsenal um, over the last three matches. Um, you know, we've seen you know key parts of the team be out. So we had the Zinchenko absence versus West Ham, and I think that was something that really hurt the team when they were able to go two goals up there to not be able to. Um, You know, kind of put the foot on the ball and control things a little bit more, letting West Ham back into the game. Um, Xhaka, I think, really was someone that's missed, um, you know, over the weekend or actually on Friday, being able to just really kind of be able to exert the game. I know, you know, we went down early in that match, but I think, you know, having Xhaka in there just gives a little bit more of a presence in midfield being able to do it. I know one of the things that Arsenal fans are all doing right now is I think everybody's going through the different permutations for how do you put together a lineup right now, trying to get the, the best team on the field. And I know I've done it probably like four or five different ones, and, and I don't think I like any of them um, with all the different ways that you can try to, to line <laughs> up. But so it's probably going to be a pick the best of a bad situation kind of thing right now.
3: Yeah, and I think the, the the issue is is that when Arsenal have guys go down, it's Fabio Vieira coming in. When City have guys go down, it's Phil Foden or Riyad Mahrez or Jack Rielich, et etcetera, coming in. Uh, so I think that depth, which has been the knock on Arsenal all season and and why they started the season fifty to one uh, to win the title, I think that is starting to rear its head. Um, How bad, Scott, do you think this Arsenal slide is? Or do you think it's a little bit overblown? You know, they really should have beaten Southampton by expected goals. They dominated that matchup. They really could have scored um, late at the death with Trossard and then Reece Nelson just barely missing. Do you think it's a little bit overblown, um, this Arsenal kind of semi-crisis, or do you think it's warranted?
5: I think kind of both, right? So, like, when you look at the actual results, like, that really does warrant like freaking out because getting three points from those three games is really tough. Um, I think, you know, if you kind of think about what you had expected, um, you know, going, but you know, if we were talking about before the trip to Anfield, I think people would have said we need somewhere between four and six points between these matches and only getting three when, it really felt like all nine were potentially there. And to a certain extent, like if, yeah, you know, I think, a you know, five or six points would have been very fair for the performances that Arsenal ultimately put out there. It, it is very tough, but again, like then there's the, you know, I guess the silver lining of the performances were there to actually get the points that, you know, the team could have um, put themselves in a better position. So yeah, where, where we are in the table, is, is certainly a, a you know cause for crisis. We've seen Arsenal drop from just under like 60 percent to win the title to I mean you know now you're somewhere between you know one and four and you know one and three kind of a thing. So it's a, a really big slip in these three matches. So yeah, even though you know we're still unbeaten, I think in the last ten it's these three draws in a row when you have a you know the the well oiled you know Terminator team chasing you down. It, you know it never feels good. <laughs> yeah. A bit of a T1000 vibe, yeah. for Erling Haaland, uh, which is very crook.
3: Uh, last one for you from me, Scott. Um, just because it's been a bit of a grim 17 minutes of Arsenal. <laughs> uh, talk about. Just want to talk about how bad Tottenham were. Oh yeah. <laughs> a little bit of respite. I mean, that was about the worst performance I think, relative to talent uh, in the Premier League I've ever seen. The first 20 minutes against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. I guess. What do what you make of this Tottenham? collapse is it about the personnel is it purely about the system going to the back four or is this Tottenham team a lot of people with you know tipping them to finish second in the league before the season uh and the Conte situation is just a debacle and now it's a new debacle I guess what do you make of Tottenham season overall
5: I mean, I don't know. I've I've just been accused of being a, a closeted Tottenham fan because I, you know during the the run in last year, I was the you know person who was talking up like, no, this team is actually good, and and Conte has turned them around. Um, so I, I did rate Tottenham highly at the beginning of this season, at the end of last year, but it really does feel that you know you see Sun kind of really kind of feel like the age cliff is being able to you know not be able to recreate or recreate what he's able to do at the end of last year Ah, uh, the match against Newcastle. There's been some good memories for Arsenal fans, and getting St. Totteringham's day with big yeah. Newcastle results. You know, I was reminded back to the the five one from 2015 16, and this one kind of brought back some some good memories of those kinds of things. Added a nice silver lining to the list. <laughs> it, yeah, you saw like this was not a team that you'd expect to be a back four. I think it's kind of like a fireable fence to put those two yeah. fullbacks and a back four. I don't think Eric Dyer can do. Um, back for center backing anymore. And it, I think that was the thing that really just made it so easy for Newcastle to be able to, to get in there.
6: I agree with all of that in general. And uh, the Tottenham, yeah, the f- five goals in 20 minutes, it felt like... Somebody was playing a prank, like this like that was intentional to a degree, but whatever the case is, that was uh, that was pretty uh, ridiculous. The um, do you have a, a read on sort of the other kind of interesting uh, betting market uh, going here as we come down the home stretch of who will ultimately get relegated? Do you get a a, a top three that, that you think uh, are most likely?
5: Um, you I'm know, gonna pull it up here. So I know for the top four, I've been kind of back in, um, you know, Liverpool to get in there. Um, so I, I still think that if I was to, you know, place a, you know, a, a speculative bet, that might be the one that I would take for, you know, a a top four to maybe see if they could squeeze ahead of Manchester United, who I'm not sure I I, I still fully believe in. Um, I think my my bottom three, it's it's very tight, but I think Everton, Forest, Southampton right now is kind of my three. Um, if I had to pick, um, it, it, I feel like some of the teams, Crystal Palace, West Ham, have kind of pulled themselves away from the rest of the pack. Um, I still think Wolves, Leicester, are still in a bit of trouble. Um, so yeah, there's it's there's still a lot to be decided down there, and I think that's actually one of the more interesting areas now that the the top four seems to be sort of resolving itself. Yeah. I think Leeds are the one I would uh, be watching just in terms <laughs> of their, their current
3: catastrophe. Uh, and I think as well that, you know, manager changes tend to throw up a little bit more variance. And I'm not sure that um, the market necessarily is capturing how bad teams like Tottenham, Leeds, Chelsea are um, at the moment. So uh, I think they're the team that. Uh, I agree that definitely the the three most likely are Southampton, Forest, and Everton, but I would say that Leeds are probably the one who could get sucked into that as well. Uh, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Can you let people know uh, where to follow you on social media and what you're working on?
5: Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Scott J Willis. Um, if you want to subscribe to the the content I write at CannonStats.com, um, you know a lot of the the stuff this week is going to be looking ahead to, to Manchester City and the different permutations of what that result can do for the title race because it's a a true six pointer title decider type thing. Uh, a win here could put Arsenal in a, a good spot. Uh, a loss here basically ends the season. Um the draw keeps hope alive, but it's still not the the best result.
3: Yeah, it's a weird one because Arsenal, they were uh, pretty material dogs to make the top four. And now they're going to, you know, at worst, finish second. And it's going to yeah. feel like a disaster. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's been a great season overall. And, and hopefully for, for Arsenal fans, I think also for the neutral, it's going to be a lot more interesting if Arsenal win that game or at least get a point uh, to keep the suspense sure. going. All right. Thank you so much for your time, Scott. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Cheers. All right. Before we get to our best bets um, of the Premier League week, every season is draft season. Drew, get your RotoWorld draft guide bundle today and dominate your football, baseball, and basketball drafts packed with profiles, rankings, projections. Order today and get all three RotoWorld draft guides for the price of two. Plus, use promo code BUNDLE5 and save an extra $5 at checkout. All right, Dinsick, what's your best bet? You going back to the Crystal Palace well or not? <sighs>
6: I like Crystal Palace, uh, but uh, gotta gotta find a new angle as they uh, they weirdly let me down against Everton. Uh, Should have won that one. Yeah. Won that one. Uh, not exactly sure. Uh, other than they were just kind of resting on their laurels that they saved their season. Uh, I think they bring a more focused effort on Tuesday. But the 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 side I like even better on Tuesday. Uh, Is Lester. Lester's taking on leads. The aforementioned leads. uh, If it bleeds, it leads. Uh, We are uh, expecting leads to slide into this bottom three. Um, I think realistically they are going to make it into the mix to be relegated. Uh, I give Everton credit for fighting really hard. The three draws they've gotten in their last five were all very hard-fought draws. That team is not quitting. Meanwhile, Leeds, I just don't really know what they have going for them. Like, the loss to Fulham was a mess. Uh, and, you know, that was what was the final was 2-1. Felt like it could have been about 4-1. Uh, meanwhile, I think Leicester has enough talent uh, and really is, you know, is in a dire enough position that uh, every adjustment that they have that they can throw against the wall here to get an away win uh you know would be expected um they have more roster flexibility they have more uh just in general uh you know a, a better statistical profile in every you know in every possible way that would match up for this particular um head-to-head so yeah lester draw no bet plus 125 uh get a little uh, uh foxes on tuesday
3: Yep, I like it. I think uh, I think Leicester will win that game. At some point, the talent uh, has to come to the fore. Yep. They've left it pretty late, um, but it can still come to the fore. My best bet: Arsenal correct score four nothing two
0: hundred
3: twenty to one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <that's> actually <laughs> it's actually Brentford again. Brentford bet. Uh, plus two eighty at Stamford Bridge going to Chelsea. I think that Chelsea. Uh, The most difficult team in the league to price. The market keeps on expecting regression. Uh, I think this team is just a disaster at the moment. And what they put up against Brighton last time out, they got absolutely battered in that game against Brighton. That that scoreline flattered them and they lost. Uh, They should have lost by more. Uh, I think Brentford, even though Brentford only have one point from their past three matches, uh, and they burnt me against Aston Villa in a game, they absolutely should have won. They've won all of their past three matches on expected goals. Uh, I think that they can absolutely beat Chelsea. Brentford's still pushing for a European spot. Chelsea, they've got nothing left um, on any front. This is just the disaster of a team. And I think that um, there is some variance, some downward variance with Chelsea where market may not necessarily be capturing um just how much of a disaster this team is so i will take the bees yeah uh, yeah plus 280 draw no bet uh, nice. that's my play yeah they nice. go. all right don't forget to check out mbcsportsedge.com for more information to help you with your wages uh thanks to all of our guests, Scott Willis, the two Robbies, Musto and Earl. Thank you to you, Drew Dinsick. Uh, And if you're listening to this as a podcast, don't forget to write, rate, and subscribe us from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. We'll be back tomorrow.
0: What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my
1: policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.